This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Super Bowl, I think, started slow, finished strong. Chiefs dynasty, Patrick Mahomes, can't say much more than that. Yeah, I was the only one on this podcast to pick the 49ers and one of the few people nationally, I feel like, that was picking San Francisco. And and I, I told you how risky it was to pick against Patrick Mahomes. I was feeling really good about myself. And then what happens? Patrick Mahomes is inevitable, you know, and he gets the last possession of the season. And when you put the ball in the hands of the best player in the sport on the last possession of the season, we know what usually happens. I remember during the, the pre-draft process of 2017, ironically, um, doing a story on Deshaun Watson as the Bears were doing their their quarterback homework and someone that had worked very closely, I think it might have been Jordan Palmer that was working closely with Deshaun Watson during the pre-draft process, brought up that year's Super Bowl, which was Tom Brady with the ball in his hands in the last possession of the season leading a a, a scoring drive to win it all. And that's what happens when you have an all-time great, right? And that's what that Super Bowl was. It was, as you mentioned, for for most of three quarters, low on entertainment. And then we had a really compelling fourth quarter in overtime that ended with Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things and collecting his third Lombardi trophy. Yeah, I just think it hurts probably more in Chicago, but there are nine other teams that uh, passed on Mahomes before – he went 10th or eight other teams, and I think that – Make it 10 because the Buffalo Bills are the team that traded that pick to the Chiefs Fair and now are now annually getting their butts Fair kicked enough. off the side door of the playoffs by the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to complain if Josh Allen is your quarterback, but I think that's a point well taken. You look at the other teams around the league and they have some sense of regret watching Mahomes do what he's done. And it just – you know, the symmetry all – happened in Kansas City it might not have been that way in Chicago or elsewhere or or in Houston or whatever the case may be but you pair Reed with Mahomes and Mahomes with Reed and then you know they traded Tyreek Hill and have won back-to-back Super Bowl titles so when we talk about you know this is you know a take the north podcast it's about the Bears uh through the Bears prism and I think you're trying to strain through that Bears prism and see you know, as I referred to it uh, on the Mullen Haw show on Monday morning, kind of microscopic evidence that there is some sort of, you know, uh, uh, something to be taken away from this. It's that when you have an elite quarterback, it outweighs everything else. And you can win the championship with a very strong defense and an elite quarterback that outweighs everything else. So the 49ers, more talented uh, roster, better depth, better weapons, and ultimately – didn't matter because yeah. Patrick Mahomes did what great players do. He carried the Chiefs and willed them to a victory. So two things I would say to that. I was asked on the Bernstein and Home show on Monday afternoon what was most impressive to me about who the Chiefs are. And I just said that it's the belief that that Patrick Mahomes imparts in the entire organization. You know, you can feel it when you're watching the game. You're down three points in overtime and you're taking over the ball and the entire world knows you're going to go win the football game. 
You know what I mean? Like that, that there's that supreme confidence that you can tell that Patrick Mahomes, 10 teammates on the field feel his coaching staff on the sidelines feel the owners up in the owner's box feel. And that belief is so, so valuable to the, the critical stages of critical games that lead you to the promised land. Like the chiefs have now experienced three times once while Ryan Poles was part of their front office and twice since he's left. And so he's got to understand that. And I think he does because he's experienced that as we've talked about before. I also reflect back a month when we were sitting at house hall, listening to the bears end of season press conference and Kevin Warren bringing up that Rams team that he was a part of many years ago and talking at length again about how, Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Many things had to go right for that team to just be in a position to win the Super Bowl by one yard on the final play of the Super Bowl. And I, I think this game on Sunday, David, was a reminder of just how many things need to go right to even dream about holding that trophy up. And you think about the teams that the Chiefs dispatched here over the last month that had terrific seasons, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, all those teams entered the postseason with reasonable belief that they could be the last team standing, and they all fell through a trap door when they ran into the Chiefs. And, and, and if you need any more reminder of how – painful it must be to get to the doorstep of that there's Kyle Shanahan for you right now he becomes the first coach in, in history to lose two Super Bowls in overtime and those two Super Bowls were lost in overtime to Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes right is it, it the, the heartbreak that that Kyle Shanahan feels you know obviously he was a coordinator with the Falcons uh and then he lost the two Super right to, to Mahomes in the Chiefs 49ers games. But think of that, the anguish that that guy must feel, never having reached the mountaintop and understanding how many things he did well and how good his teams were. And then you run into an all-time great, and it doesn't matter. Well, he's been the head coach twice, twice. now twice. of teams that lost to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs after being in front by, by 10, 10 or points. more. Yeah. You know, th that's, heck of a, that's one heck of a legacy. I know he's 44, uh, and I know that he's got a lot of football left to coach and his dad said the right things about, you know, getting back to work. And this is the way, this is the way it, it is and coaching and all those things are true, but boy, you know, Kyle Shanahan, there he is again, answering questions that no coach wants to answer and also becoming well known as the best coach who never won a Super Bowl. And yeah. that's not that, that was Andy Reid for a long time. Yeah, I was going to say it was, it's, it's the guy who stood across the sideline from him who four years ago just won his first one. And you think about, Mike Shanahan's first Super Bowl win with John Elway as his quarterback. Think right. of John, the, the, the agony that those Broncos teams with Elway's had to go through. And John Elway was forever known as the guy who couldn't get it done on the final Sunday of the season. And then he did it twice. And so you have to cling to those um, beacons of hope. But as we talked about on this podcast many, many times, there's no promises ever that you're going to be back in that position anytime soon. And the hard work that it takes to get there is monumental and it's massive. Uh, and, and it's just, I, I think it's a lesson for the people up at 1920 football drive that the idea of settling in any way, shape or form in any position in any way that you go about this sport is it's not acceptable because in order to be the last team on the stage with Roger Goodell and a silver uh, shiny trophy, you've got to do everything right all the time.
crazy question, but do you think that given the choice, heart of hearts, honest answer from Ryan Poles, would you take over the Chicago Bears and run your own organization as a general manager for two years, or would you stay in your old job with the Kansas City Chiefs and be a front office component <laughs> for an organization that has back-to-back Super Bowl champions uh, championships? I I would love to know what his honest answer would be because you can't you can't help but almost feel a little empathy. He did leave, and he's got a great job. I'm not I'm not diminishing anything that he's done and accomplished, but I think at one point in time, he had to have looked on last night as he might have looked on last year and said, hmm, what exactly did I do here? Well, look, I love the question and I love the scenario because it takes me back to the first longer story I did with Ryan when he became the general manager. And I led that story with Ryan on top of a double-decker bus in, in downtown Kansas City being part of that first Super Bowl parade. And for him, it was that vision of trying to do it in a new place with his, you know, his own challenge to be the architect of one of those things. And it's a great question you ask here, David, because now you're, you know, at the the, the front end of a, a landmark offseason, you know, and you've made your decisions on the coaching staff and you've got that squared away. And now comes the biggest question of all. What are you going to do at the quarterback position? And can you find one of these guys that can be the catalyst that takes you to that level? And I think the the passion and the um, allure of, of trying to find that is just so absolutely energizing and invigorating that I think Ryan is, is eager for this. Now, if six or seven years go by and the bears haven't gotten anywhere near that stage and they haven't been in the playoffs and they haven't been anywhere near the Super Bowl, then maybe we ask that question again and say, yeah, there's probably some regret. But I think in this moment, I think all it does is energize and motivate him to experience that here in a city that he knows. I mean, think about it, David, you know, as well as anyone, if that gets done here, yeah, forget, forget it. You're in. A, you, there's a statue of you. Somewhere. You don't have to win three and five years and call yourself a dynasty. You, you win one for thirty years and you're a legend. Yeah. So yeah. for you, you look at what we're talking about now. We still, you know, add Gary Fensick as a guest on the morning show, and so guys who win in Chicago are forever revered. By the same token, I wondered this, and this is to a lesser degree because. You know, Matt Nagy did not have the choice to leave Chicago. He was fired. He he landed in yeah. Kansas City. He fell upward. And now, you know, I wonder how he would answer that question. Matt, you could, <laughs> for the last couple of years, and kept your job and, and, you know, had middling success with the Bears as a head coach, or you could go to Kansas City and be the uh, offensive coordinator and help call plays for the best quarterback alive uh, and active right now. What would you do if we were going to tell you one back-to-back Super Bowls? Um, Might you know, be a different answer. Probably different answer. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think I think Matt probably has a great ability to sleep at night now, and I'm sure he has things that he that he will forever kick himself over from his time coaching the Bears up in Lake Forest. But to go back and immediately win two Super Bowls and be part of that and to connect with, with Andy and Patrick and, you know, Kelsey and that group and have the, the chance to be some part of something legendary. It's going to, it's going to give him an opportunity in my opinion to eventually get himself back in the mix when he feels it's the right time to, to try again. And, and whether he gets another chance, we'll see, you know, uh, you keep stacking up these, these, these accomplishments and these yeah. achievements, somebody's going to talk to you. He's, he's represented by, 
Trace Armstrong, who's been very influential at getting his clients job opportunities and being able to keep them in those opportunities. So, um, you know, we'll see. But that's, that's certainly another another subplot to all. It is interesting because we talk all throughout the offseason. We just went through a coaching cycle and every candidate, it seemed, had some sort of link to either Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And when you look at their coaching trees, if you will, it's, they have a lot of branches and they extend to a lot of different cities and organizations. Andy Reeves does too, and he's been around longer, but you don't see Nagy as a candidate. You don't see Eric Bieniemy being asked to interview any longer. You don't see Spagnolo because of maybe his age, but you don't see the Andy Reed effect as prevalent in these coaching searches and cycles as you do the younger guys who, you know, basically he's beating now. Yeah. And so he's won three Super Bowls in five years and, and beating teams and, and getting to the point where, you know, his coaches aren't getting the same kinds of looks. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. Once upon a time, the, the Reed treat was one that, that people were in love with, you know, yeah. and, and, and then there there's varying degrees of success, and then the new trend takes over, and right now that's where it's going. I had a couple game-related questions that I wanted to pick your brain on, the first one being the – play that the 49ers ran before settling for their overtime field goal. I've watched it like nine times and I feel like it's one of those ones that if you're a 49ers fan or a 49ers coach, you're going to kick yourself for months watching because Chris Jones basically comes unblocked. And when you rewatch it, I don't know if this was the design of the play, but it looked like it was set up to be uh, maybe a quick swing to George Kittle with, with plenty of room forward to go and put in the touchdown that could have changed the Super Bowl and somehow Chris Jones is unaccounted for. The one guy that you know you have to account for up front on that, that Chiefs defensive line. I don't know if you took note of anything on that last possession, but clearly when you take the ball first and you know that you've got to maximize every little thing here so that you can put the pressure on the Chiefs, that moment when you're on the doorstep of, of, of potentially doing that is is potentially haunting. 